So welcome everybody to the third Wednesday monthly Peace Alliance Department of Peace Building campaign call. Uh, so welcome everybody. We start out with some brief check-ins. Tell us where you're from. Uh, anything you want to say about your relationship to the Department of Peace Building bill or peace building or anything else? Who would like to start? And then you can call on somebody to go after you. Kendra. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> um, I'm um, in Tallahassee, Florida, and with the Department of Peace Building Committee, and um, I'm glad to see you, and I'm going to call on Deanne. Hello, everyone. Uh, Deanne Tate. I am um, currently in Bridgeport, Connecticut on Pagauset land, um, Golden Hill tribal lands. Uh, I am the managing director of the Peace Alliance, and I am very glad to be with all of you tonight. And I will call on Laura. Hey, everybody. Um, I, oh, DJ, are you going? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> For some reason. <laughs> uh, my name is Laura and I'm calling in from uh, Northwestern Pennsylvania near Erie. And uh, let's see, I've been on the DOP committee for almost a year and a half now. Unbelievable. And I'm um, looking forward to, to tonight's conversation. Karen, I really loved your heart bullet points <laughs> on the message you sent. I thought that was great. And uh, looking forward to uh, just continued goodness unfolding for the committee and getting the bill passed. Who would you like to hear from next? Oh, um, let's see. I'll call on DJ. Okay, well, thank you, Laura. Um, yes, I'm happy to be here. Um, I guess it's been about... Um, Oh, gosh, I don't know. I get two or three years since I started with the Peace Alliance. And I really do believe, like Laura believes, that we are going to have a Department of Peace Building by the end of the year. <gasps> yes, let's do it. I hope so. I hope not to talk. Okay, so um, Nancy. Oh, okay. Hello, everybody. Nice to see you all. Seems like I saw most of you recently 25 times. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, and I've been working with Department of Peace Building uh, since 2004. And I'm just uh, very much in appreciation for all that all of you are doing on the many many facets of peace building and department of peace building. So Fernando, how about you? What's yes, up? Hi everyone. I'm from I'm from Georgia. I'm in Georgia. I studied with the Department of Peace Building as an intern 2020, I believe, or 2021, a year and a half. And then I became part of the team, and uh, here I am, looking forward to the Department of Peace Building be part of the executive branch. Okay. And I don't know, Diane, you been called? Yep. 
it ends. Okay. Kendra? Kendra stuck. <laughs> How about if I go? I'll go. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Anybody with a K. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, I'm from Chicagoland, a little town called Lockport, and I've been involved since 2015, although I had a, a vision uh, during meditation that was very similar to the Peace Alliance logo, uh, of, uh, maybe about five years before the Peace Alliance was founded. So it was kind of interesting when I ran into the Peace Alliance, like, ah! <laughs> um, uh, I guess that's good. I'm part of the D Department of Peacebuilding Committee. There are, whatever, nine or 10 of us on there now. So that's uh, been wonderful work over the last 10 or so years. And I am curious to see what Sharon has to say. <laughs> Nothing, no, I'm kidding. I just, I have <laughs> too much. So I'm Sharon Abreu. Hi everyone, great to be in your company. I am originally from New York, but I live on Orcas Island in the state of Washington for the last 21 years. I was a um, state Washington State delegate for Dennis Kucinich for president in 2004 and was very happy to see the creation of the Peace Alliance and be an early part of the department. Not really early, but uh, a 2004 part of the Department of Peace campaign. I don't think people realize how many times this legislation or similar piece of legislation has been introduced. <laughs> but um, certainly I'm a big fan of HR 1111. I let everyone know about it. And I think Barbara Lee should be president. And uh, I live on the ancestral lands of the Coast Salish tribes and really honored to have been able to work with some of them and get to know them as well. And uh, back in 2004, I wrote a little a little bop song about the Department of Peace, and I'll put a link to that in the chat in case you'd like to hear it. And let's see, I am going to ask uh, Charles to speak. Thank you, Jared. And I miss what you said about us. You, you wrote a song? Yes, it's a Department of Peace bop. I'll put the link in the chat. The Department of Peace bop. I love it. <clears throat> ah, that reminds me of I'm in Charlie. I live in Amherst, New York, outside of Buffalo. And um, I, I'm an amateur musician. I whatever teach like a little bit, like whatever. And I was looking for some. I'm always looking for songs to show people. And I found a song today that I hadn't thought of in quite a while. And I found a really good arrangement for it too. And the song is an old song by Gladys Knight and the Pips called "You're the Best Thing That Ever Happened to Me." very very just oh my god such a beautiful song the harmonies and and the the melody and background uh lyrics uh vocals and and all of it you know lead vocals of course and i just want to say that i think that i love the i love when you say two of you said that there's this is going to happen there's going to Department of Peace Building, it's, it's going to happen. And I love hearing that. It encourages me. And um, maybe, you know, I mean, and, and someday the people in the U.S. will be able to, to look and say that the creation of the Department of Peace Building was the best thing that ever happened to us. So there's a connection between that song and, and what I'm trying to say. And thank you for listening to me blabber. Not blabber. You're our prophet. <laughs> you're our resident prophet. Oh, you're so nice. You are so nice. 
<laughs> Thank you, Laura. Um, Kathy, do you want to go? Okay. So uh, let's see what I want to say. So for me, uh, it's vital to transform institutions if we're going to build the beloved community. And so that's a lot of what we're about at the Peace Alliance is transforming institutions, whether it's getting a department of peace building or transforming schools or the uh, criminal justice system, you name it. We've got to transform systems in this country to um, eliminate violence and to build the beloved community. So uh, yeah, that's why I'm here. And uh, I will call on Kiana. Hi, good evening, everyone. Um, so I, this is my first meeting and I learned about this through Marian Williamson, who I love and adore. So this is just me listening and learning this evening. I'm not sure who already went or who I can call on next. I'm on a mobile device, so I can't see a full uh, screen. So I, I don't know. Is there someone that would like to go next? Does anyone have any questions for me? Uh, did you say where you were from? In... Oh, I did not. So I am originally from Queens, New York, and I'm living in the Bronx, New York currently. Okay, cool. Welcome, Kiana. Yeah, Thank welcome. You. I'll uh, call on Beth on your behalf. How is that? Great, thanks. <laughs> Beth, you want to say hi and tell everybody yeah, sure. know you yet, where you're from? I'm from, I'm Beth Blick, and I'm from St. Paul, Minnesota. And, you know, and I do hope the Department of Peace does come about, you know, at the end of the year. I'm tired of all this, the talk. I really want to see something happen. Mm. Thanks. Yeah, it, it, it would be so soothing for it to... Come into being yeah, I'm going through a lot of my own personal hell and, uh, you know, I mean, as, as Gloria Steinem and Flo Kennedy used to say, the personal is political, and they were so right about that. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. right. I'm going to call on Jana on your behalf to say hello okay. You're muted, Jana. Oh. She's having connectivity issues. Okay. Go ahead and see if we get her on later. But we our next thing is we usually have a a short connection. Uh, exercise to just get into the room before we start our business. Uh, would anybody else like to lead that tonight? Other than me? Laura? I, 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 I always like to leave space in case somebody else wants to do it. But um, let's do our deep breathing. 
Um, sit up straight if you can and um, close your eyes if you want to and breathe deep breaths, long breaths. Letting the whole torso fill up with your breath. And the next breath comes out through your, from your heart. And um, exhale through your heart. And I'm inviting you to join with me in imagining that as you breathe in, you expand that torso beyond your, the perimeter of your body. So your heart space is bigger than your body. With each breath, it expands. And as we expand our heart space, we connect with one another. And together we expand so that we cover the globe and Mother Earth. love. For ourselves and each other and the earth. And let's bring this love into our meeting now. Thank you, Kendra. And for those who are new to the call, um, the connection practice, <clears throat> uh, there's a much, much longer version of that uh, that was created by Rita Marie Johnson and she uh, and others hold workshops and trainings and so forth. And we had an abbreviated version of that at one of our advocacy days in Washington, D.C. a few years ago. And uh, we've incorporated it into these calls. And before we have meetings and we gather in the hallway outside of uh, the offices of members of Congress and do a kind of uh, reconnection. And uh, I think you can see the difference in the meetings when we're connecting and coming from our heart space um, and the hecticness of anything that we're doing. And she, of course, was uh, involved with establishing the first Ministry of Peace and Justice in Costa Rica, and that was an integral part of her work there. Sharon, it looks like you've got your hand raised. Did you want to say something? Yeah, I just wanted, I'm just really happy that you brought that up. And I just want to share that I became a certified connection practice uh, training ah. coach and curriculum instructor back in 2012. So I'm very pleased. 
Oh, we had a little, you're cutting out a little bit, but uh, that's, that's great to know. Thank you. Okay. All right. Next up on the agenda is we do some updates on the campaign and that's mostly Nancy. And then uh, we'll have a little bit about our strategy group that we formed this last fall with the Department of Peacebuilding campaign. And, and Deanne, if you've got something about the Peace Alliance that you'd like to to mm. chime in on, uh, that would be most welcome. And then we'll go into the discussion uh, that we mentioned in the email with all of the... And th th my dog, I guess, wants to participate. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, let's get to the discussion. <laughs> um, just with all of the violence and the war going on, um, how are we? How are we responding? What can we do? And are we? And uh, I'll leave it with you, Nancy. Okay. Um, I, I wanted to say hi, Susan. You you came on a little bit after everybody introduced themselves, so maybe uh, you could just say where you're from. Hello, good evening. I'm Susan Kelly, and I'm in the Washington, D.C., Baltimore area. And I have not been on the Wednesday weekly, uh, monthly call in a while. So it's wonderful be, be, to be back. But I've been doing the Hope Circles and a part of the book club with um, um, the Peaceful Warriors and the youth, young adult and really adult books. So I'm just happy to be back and so grateful for all of the uh, time and effort and energy putting in to the piece of the pie <laughs> and Mother's Day being, you know, truly the first day of, the first day of Mother's Day was founded as you all, most of you know, on uh, as a P international day of peace, of ceasefire. And um, I think, you know, that now more than ever, it's becoming so blatantly obvious, even for those who are not fully aware or connected to themselves or others, of the tremendous need to refocus our, the words that we choose to use, the energy we bring into a space of it being a positive and compassionate and peaceful heart and mind so that we can move forward and ways that will help reunite the humanity that we all so desire to be a part of again. Thank you. Thank you for being on. Thank you. Um, I'm going to give this a sort of a high level overview of what's going on with Department of Peacebuilding, um, our efforts to gain more co-sponsors for the bill. We currently have 28 co-sponsors. Our most recent person to come on was Jamie Raskin from Maryland. And uh, that, was, that was a really nice thing to happen. He had been a co-sponsor before. Um, we're in the midst of, season of um, the Mother's Day pie actions, which we're kind of doing in May and June. And then also we've been doing monthly we call them 11 minutes for 11 minutes, 11 calls for HR 1111 with a different list each month. And I know a lot of you have participated in those things. So I, I appreciate it. Thank you for doing that. Um, 
we have a few, uh, we had one meeting uh, with a, um, let's see, who was it? Catherine Clark of the office of Catherine Clark from Massachusetts. We had a really good meeting. Uh, we have several other meetings in the works. Um, some talk going on about a, a meeting in Monterey, California, and uh, the Illinois Pache Bene group is going to have a sort of a call-in on their next meeting uh, to call several members of Congress from uh, Illinois. Uh, Charlie's been in touch with tons of New York um, members of Congress and others. And um, DJ and I just had a long conversation. She made several calls today to, um, I don't know how many, about eight members of Congress from Florida to, to get the ball rolling, hoping to get a dialogue going with those and um, were actually very encouraging conversations. And um, this is resulting in hoping to set up several meetings with Florida people. So if you're from Florida or even if you aren't and you're interested in participating in those kind of meetings, if you could put your name in the chat, that would be great. And I want to turn the floor over to DJ for just a short um, kind of a, a sense of uh, what people were saying and how you felt about those calls. Okay, sure. Um, I'm just going to show you real quick. Um, oh, I'm not allowed to share. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, I guess I can't share with you. Um, yeah, so I do have a list. Um, um, it's pretty exciting for me because um, I absolutely adore Val Demings, who is running um, for Senate against Marco Rubio. Um, if you want to do some research on her, she's pretty amazing human being. And I'm just so grateful. I really worked hard on trying to convince her to run. <laughs> I mean, like I kind of harassed her on Twitter and social media and emails, you know, because we really need her. Um, but currently she is a representative, um, former police chief, and her staffer, I talked to her staff for her legislative aide, and he is willing to meet the second week in June. And the sort of time frame might be um, early afternoon, uh, somewhere between June 6th and June 10th. So I don't know if you're available during that time, but if you want to be involved in that, let me know. Um, another exciting one was um, Lois Frankel's office. She's been around a long time. Pretty amazing, progressive. Um, her office says that she might be willing to meet with us directly. Um, I don't know anything more about that. That's coming up pretty soon. The rest, um, I have the schedule and names. And if you're interested in being part of it, just let me know. Um, I'm trying to schedule everything uh, kind of within that June 6th through June 10th area, if, if that works for any of you. Okay, thank you. And just a quick thing on DJ's, on DJ's calls, um, typically we call the Washington DC offices, but um, at Dennis Kucinich's uh, suggestion, she called the district offices and had a really pretty good reception from people, which is not necessarily always the reception we get in Washington. Sometimes we do. Um, so if you're making calls, you might try doing that. We ultimately end up with the DC legislative people, but, but that's a good place to start. So um, so thank you for that. And um, if there's anything anybody has 
questions or suggestions or whatever about the meetings or what to say or any of that, uh, put it in the chat or contact me at nancy at peacealliance.org or we can talk about it later in the call if there's time. But, but thank you. So just keep on keeping on on this, um, on this path to peace. Great, thank you, Nancy. Um, my dog. Uh, Deanne or Kathy, do you have anything while the uh, the people in motorcycles are driving down the block right now? <laughs> well, I wanted to just suggest uh, Sharon has got her hand raised. So, Sharon, do you have a question? I just wanted to ask DJ, um, what do you think of Alan Grayson? who's also um, running for Senate in Florida against Marco Rubio. I know that Ellen Grayson used to be, you know, very progressive representative, but I don't know if there are reasons why um, it's better to support um, Val Demings than Ellen Grayson. Um, yeah, um, I, I have worked for Ellen Grayson's campaigns, but it's been years ago. Um, and something kind of happened with him. I can't really remember right now. I can't remember what it was. It wasn't a scandal necessarily. It was just something that that he just kind of like didn't um, kind of hold his own um, in some debates or something. But Val, you know, Val is just what we need right now. What can I tell you? Alan Grayson was a co-sponsor a long time ago, but he does have some baggage. Let's put it that way. Let's put it that way. Uh, okay, uh, pitch to me, I suppose. Um, so uh, Peace Alliance stuff and things that might be DOP related. So for the folks that are kind of new on this call, um, the Peace Alliance has um, quite a few virtual offerings that we offer to folks throughout the month. Um, and you can find those on the website. Um, uh, Kathy Kidd, who is our national field coordinator, offers things on uh, pretty regularly on Tuesday nights, um, and we try to, to highlight and amplify the work that folks are doing um, around the country um, in terms of peace building in their communities. Um, in terms of DOP related, this is a work in progress. Um, one of our uh, one of our team leads for a community peace building team lead, uh, Jay Thompson, who's based out of Miami, Florida, uh, is, is putting together and, and is promoting um, a movement she's calling Bring the Peace Movement. They've done a couple of actions and things, uh, one in Oakland um, and uh, Hip Hop for Peace that was based out of L.A., um, but she is working together with Emerald Garner, who is Eric Garner's daughter. Eric Garner was um, murdered by the police in New York uh, several years ago. Right. Um, and uh, Emerald has been working on some legislation. One is a federal piece of legislation that she's been pushing uh, in the name of her father um, for um, to address excessive force. And um they're going to be hosting the national monthly peace builders call which happens on the second tuesday of every month in july and uh they're going to be inviting uh the reverend al sharpton on the call as well as uh senator kirsten gillibrand 
Um, uh, Emerald lives in New York, so Senator Gillibrand is her senator. And they've actually been in conversation and batting around the idea of the possibility of a Senate bill that could be considered a companion bill for the DOP. All of this is very um, early on in its process and um, is exciting to think of, um, but it you know has a long way to go before it comes to fruition. But that's kind of exciting to um, to think about the possibility of 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 a, a either a straight up companion bill or or a bill that's somewhat related that we might be able to tie together with the DOP to raise. Um, uh, awareness and amplification of that movement. So more to be revealed, stay tuned. Um, and you can mark your calendar for that July 12th call um, uh, to uh, the, the, all of the connected, you know, the Zoom connections and everything will be on our calendar um, once we get the, the details for that call, but it should be really exciting. So that's about all I have. I might drop, I think I'm gonna, I'll probably drop some links in the chat just for our new folks, um, just so you can quickly click on them and open them up in your browser and then check them out after the call, um, just to be familiar with, with the offerings that we have. So thanks. Great, that's fantastic news. <laughs> and thanks for, for the, uh, the links all the time. Uh, Kathy, did you have anything else you wanted to add or does that cover? No, I don't think I have anything of value to add. So I'll, I'll uh, just pass. Okay, thanks. And I'm just going to briefly mention that we have a, a strategy group that formed in the fall. Uh, some of the people on this call are, are involved in the strategy group. So we've split up into some subcommittees like uh, uh, communication and resources and uh, organizational partnering, outreach and so forth. And uh, um, if anybody is interested in joining that group, you can raise your hand or email nancy at peacealliance.org and we'll get you connected with that. So that's uh looking at strategies we did a lot of uh, brainstorming early on and now we're in working groups to kind of bring things to fruition so that there will be a department of peace building at some point at the soonest possible moment <laughs> <laughs> and anything else anybody want to add or ask before we move into discussion I just want to ask Dee to put the new link for organization endorsers. In the, yes, in the ma'am, I will do so. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, if anybody's part or knows somebody in another organization that would like to be an endorser of the Department of Peace legislation, then they can sign up right on the website pretty easily. And we've got a, a form email if you'd like uh, to start with that to email somebody or, or you can just do it on your own. Lots of ways to take actions. Okay. Lots of things to do to bring about this culture of peace. Okay, so the discussion generally just so much going on on the planet right now um, and in the United States certainly as well. Uh, and just thought we'd just give people an opportunity to share um, how do they maintain their own personal peace and and what kind of um, action or thoughts or uh, anything that help keep you going uh, and working toward a culture of peace as all of this is going on? Would anyone like to start? 
or anything else you'd like to talk about. If something something that you heard on the call or, or this topic just kind of brings something alive, you don't have to worry about being out of focus in the discussion part. Just bring up what's alive for you. I have something that's alive for me is how in the world can something like the shooting in Buffalo happen? How in the world can we have 18 year old kids that have come to the conclusion that this is the way to be? And how can we change that? I mean, obviously we're all working for Department of Peace Building, but it, it, just, it just breaks my heart that this is what this is what children are growing up to be doing. And this is what people, innocent people who are just going to the grocery store end up dead because they're black. I live two miles away from Buffalo. My sister works probably within a mile away from that tops on Jefferson Avenue in Buffalo. How do you how do you capture the minds and hearts of a population of a people? How do you transform a way of thinking? You're doing it. You're doing it right now. You're trying. I mean, what what you know? I don't have any answers. I don't know what to do. But doing this is walking in the direction of that north star, that goal, do our part, keep hoping, encourage each other. Um, I'm too general, I don't have any specifics. I don't know, you want it to become trendy, to be a peaceful person, you know? And, and value and respect everyone. Make that be cool. How, how does that become cool for more people? I don't know. That's all I, I have to say. I did see a Facebook post, um, something to that effect about making um, compassion, et cetera, cool. Uh, so, yeah. And uh, yeah, if we all had the answers, this wouldn't be happening anymore, right? Uh, yeah. But uh, just we had a, a young shooter from Illinois that went up to Wisconsin for a Black Lives Matter event that, uh, you know, wasn't... Um, the quantity of hurt, uh, but I mean, he was driven there by his mother um, and his mother bought him the assault rifle. Uh, so this is generational stuff that we're dealing with. And uh, um, the thing that comes to mind is one of my first restorative circle practice um, training uh, where Dominic, Dominic Barter from Brazil talked about uh, that these people aren't connected, um, you know, uh, 
uh, that part of what a restorative process is, is almost like imagine a telephone line where the line has been cut and a restorative practice reconnects that line for communication. And it gets that simple, like we we might have a hope for transformation, but first, how do we connect? Um, because that's a human need, a universal human need. And, um, you know, especially it feels all the more tragic when it's when it's young people that are astray uh, and uh, have been indoctrinated to hateful thinking. Uh, so I don't know, but that, that's the thing I'm looking at now is how can I connect with people that I normally wouldn't connect with and and go from there. And Sharon, I think you had your hand raised. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to say, I mean, this is why if we could get that legislation passed for a Department of Peace building, it would be so important because the education component is so important. How do you, where do you start teaching the language of peace? Uh, how to, you know, um, transmute our emotions, you know, feel them, recognize them and work through them and come out the other side of negative emotions so that we're making um, really positive choices for ourselves and others instead of tragic choices. It's, you know, we have to start that education process somewhere. Now, um, you know, I think there is an opportunity in like right-wing uh, Christianity um, because, you know, it's, it's this um, thing about um, the community and the strength of the community. And if you can connect with people around the issues of peace, you know, and, you know, like in the connection practice, um, we originally called, um, called the practice of heart guidance and we actually ended up changing the language to heart insight because there was someone who was a right-wing Christian on, in a pilot program in Texas that was very much objected to the word guidance because that comes from God. But, you know, I just think there's a place to connect around the heart, you know, um, when, no matter what the language is. Um, I don't know if this is making sense to people, but rather than saying, mm. you know, those people are crazy and they're wrong and, and you know, it's how can we connect around a language of peace and love and, and uh, compassion? And one source I would recommend is Rabbi Michael Lerner's book, The Left Hand of God, which really um, you know, takes that head on and was, that book made a big impression on me. I'll put that in the chat. Thank you. Fernando. Yes, I would like to say something that in reference to the radicalization that's happening. It's happening with uh, people with a low, a low level of education as well, the organizations and the media, they are dedicated only to uh, promote hate. I mean, I don't want, we all know about what I'm talking about, the, the media and cable news. Uh, there's, promoting hate and, and having double standards. And the best way to probably at this point to deter those youngsters from uh, buying a gun, sometimes they get it from their parents as a gift or birthday gifts or something, is to make the parents responsible with some sort of legislation they, uh, you know, the parents will be responsible if something like that happened, or if 
the parents uh, knew about it and made them responsible. At this point, uh, we need to face the bullies and confront them with de-escalation, uh, with uh, education in uh, conflict resolution. The MIMA, I believe personally that we should begin at this point, we have an 11 year old, I believe not too long ago, who was killing somebody else in school. So we had to start uh, early, earlier, earlier, sometime I believe at kindergarten, you know, pre-K with the conflict resolution. It's something that in order to teach kids to use not, not to use their hands and use the words and things like that, rather than, you know, is parents use very common agree to disagree and cut all kind of communication. So uh, I think we need to start at the local level, uh, at the school boards, at every community in every county, uh, promoting peace and promoting the de-escalation or uh, restorative justice at that level, restorative circles and classes when little kids are fighting uh, that. That probably, I think, is the key to begin promoting peace at that level. Yeah, thank you, Fernando. And again, that's exactly the kind of things that the Department of Peacebuilding would do is, you know, fund fund local programs and raise awareness. And some of the, some programs are happening out there already. It's just that they're not as widespread to make as big of impact for the whole country as they could be. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, that was a wonderful, inspirational thing in the early days of the Peace Alliance, where when we were at the conferences in Washington, D.C., we would hear from different organizations with anti-bullying programs that were very effective. Uh, and uh, community conferencing, which is a restorative practices and and so forth. Yeah, and anti-gang. Um, yeah, great programs out there that just- Yeah, you know. here in Minnesota, there's an organization known as Parent Advocacy Center for Educational Rights, which works, you know, they stick up for and advocate for disabled children and they and they have an anti-bullying focus and it's spread out nationwide as well you know and they have anti-bullying walks great it's really a great organization and i get their newsletters great great I don't. I don't think they're much of a household name because they're just here in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, but that's good to know. And and uh, each state has different things. It's right. Yeah, but again, it's all yeah, off they're really off great. The, the principal, or as Fernando said, the school boards, whether they have them in there. I know in Chicago they had a. They really transformed the school within one year and having a peace circles in there after a, a major conflict with six girls one year and um they took on the program and were great leaders for it and and it i think it went on for a couple of years and the the number of incidents um 
incident reports went from like 19 a semester down to two um, of violent actions and so forth. It was in a neighborhood that, you know, certainly was riddled with violence. Uh, but and then I finally I ran into somebody that was involved in the program a couple years later and they got a new principal at the school and he decided to kill the program. So he decided to kill it. Yeah. Yeah. So the program was. Oh, over. that's horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then the Chicago public school system did add restorative circles par as part of their conflict resolution program in the addendum. Oh, so, so they re-added it then? No, no. It, uh, it just became uh, available. So it was really an awareness thing. It was a tool that schools were allowed to use for conflict resolution in the whole Chicago public school system. Um, so each principal can decide what tools they use, but that was part of the toolbox then available to schools. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. DJ, I just see your hand now. Yeah, well, Nancy and I talked earlier today and she brought up the Buffalo shooting and I told her, um, you know, I haven't watched mainstream media, you know, for 40 years mainly because it's just very difficult to watch. Um, but I do think there might be, thank you, Beth. Um, I do think there's an element, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I mean, I've studied this kind of thing, you know, um, in depth, but I, I still don't really have a handle on it. Um, I, I think there's something about wanting fame, um, wanting notoriety, knowing, um, you know, uh, or thinking that, 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 that somehow, you know, they're going to go down in history because they, they lack a, a, a purpose. They lack meaning in their lives. Um, but Nancy said that there is sort of an effort, I guess, in media now to sort of not name the perpetrators in hate crimes or um, uh, really motivated motivated shootings like this um, to not give them the notoriety that they're probably seeking. Um, and I also know a little bit about another shooting that happened the years ago, the one in the, the church, I believe it was North Carolina. Um, that individual, that young white man um, who killed, I think, nine or 12 people, African-Americans, he was actually part of a group and was put up to that by the group. So I think it's it's kind of Charleston. Yeah, thank you. Um, nine people. Um, yet he was actually on drugs. Um, they had forced him to take drugs. It's kind of a complicated issue. But I, I do think there's just a lot more going on here. Um, and the media needs to play like a better role, a more responsible role and have more ethics um, in when these things happen, you know, to do the reporting um, that, that needs to be done. Um, so people, you know, stop this from happening. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I hadn't heard about the, the fame or notoriety part of this, which probably is a, a factor in quite a few of these. I know I, I saw a psychologist write an article about um, that um, in looking at the psychology of it to look at at least at one point, all of the mass shooters uh, either committed suicide or attempted suicide after the shooting. 
Um, and I think that's not necessarily the case now. I think I read something that this young man was going to commit suicide, but they stopped him. Um, but mm -hmm. she talked about that with the for this phenomena that has been growing for decades now, um, that it's actually suicide predicated by a mass shooting. So it's almost like their suicide note. Um, and that that's kind of the dynamic that we're looking at with, um, you know, obviously anybody who's taking other lives or wanting to take their own life has some aspect of mental illness. Where does it come from and, and how, how do we address that before there's a tragic choice? Yeah. Andrew. Oh, then the end. Yeah. I, I've been um, pulling out dead leaves from a bush in front. And I, I think I have to pull out that dead stuff from my heart. Um, I still respond to. Um, hate with um, thinking that that they're not part of me. Mm. Um, I, I want to change that. I want to include them in my love. That's all. Thank you, Kendra. Yeah. Deanne, you wanted to speak? Good, thanks. Yeah, but we want to be careful that we're not complicit. You know, that's the thing. You know, I I, I believe in love. I really do. I believe in love. Um, but I, I don't believe in, in saying, oh, well, you know, they're mentally ill. Yeah, you know? I don't either. I really don't. And, um, you know, I've been working with the mentally ill um, for most of my adult life. And uh, you still have a responsibility and you still need to be held accountable. And just the fact that they're promoting hate and using hate as an excuse for whatever drama they want to pursue. I mean, it's the lives of the people that they destroyed. I just read something on LinkedIn about this woman. She'd been married, I think, 70 years. She was killed in Buffalo. Oh, yeah. And her husband. Yeah. I mean, she has great grandchildren. I mean, that's what we need to focus on is that family helping them through this incredible tragedy. There's just no excuse for it. No. That's all. I would just agree that, you know, anger and tragic choices that come from hate and anger, not necessarily mental illness. Definitely, you know, something that needs to be addressed. Um, but where do you draw the line at? you know, what is mental illness and what is anger that's um, out of control and fed by hate. One of the things that has really helped me over the years, and it just allows me to take a step back from whatever I see happening, you know, because if I'm pointing the finger at someone, somebody's pointing the finger at me, you know, um, is actually a course in miracles because that kind of whether you whether you you know really embrace that or not or uh, believe where it came from or whatever, it, you know that premise that 
that there are only two emotions, love and fear, and fear does not exist. It, it really helps me to take a step back and say, okay, you know, <clears throat> what is really going on here? You know, beyond what I perceive through my body's eyes and the judgments I make based on the lens I'm looking at the world through. If there may, I would like to say a, a transparent experience that I had yesterday. I was driving yesterday up to the mountain with my girlfriend and we stopped by to have lunch at a restaurant and up in the mountains, of course, I, I was in that restaurant. I, I was comfortable. I'm comfortable wherever I go. And that's, that's me. And, but this person didn't feel comfortable by me being there and started making comments very loud to the point that he was not happy that my girlfriend being white and being me, Hispanic, and we were taking over. You, are, you guys are everywhere. So... I had to be, I believe in confronting people with words and, and being smart about it de-escalate. So I said, unfortunately for you, I said, I'm here to stay. I've been here for 32 years and I'm not planning to go anywhere. And I'm here to have lunch. We're having lunch and you just arrived to this place. So is you're welcome to leave or welcome to stay. I said, but I'm not going anywhere. I already paid for my food. Mm. And believe it or not, this guy ordered food and left without paying when the food was coming out of the, the kitchen. He was so uh, upset with the fact that I was there and my friend being white, me being Hispanic. He said, you Mexicans are coming here from everywhere. And it, it, some people are without even talking, without even having any exchange of words or anything before that, is the environment that this person or these people leave is what they made them to explore or be aggressive at the first face value with somebody else, or first confront, uh, engagement with somebody else who is different. Some people just cannot accept the fact that uh, uh, we're different and we are from many different places and background and then we need to learn how to live together. Um, I, in my case, you know, it's, it is what it is, but if you let the bullies to control the situation, they're gonna take over. So you had to confront them. You had to confront them in uh, some diplomatically or in a way, but you cannot shut up and walk away because that's what they bank on. They bank on confronting and scaring people so that they don't go back to that place. And that was the goal of that guy in Buffalo to scare people that black cannot go back again to those places. That was his intent. Terrorism, they like to terrorize, scare people. We had to confront them. We had to be careful, de-escalate, but we cannot stay, we cannot do it anymore. We had to do it. Again, we had to be careful with the uh, personal, you know, uh, safetyness, but uh, you had to let them know that you are there and you're not going anywhere. Or, or the peace is something that we need to talk about, it's something that bothers you, let's talk about. It. You know, and that's, that's how it happened. People just 
get out of the house, upset already. Yeah. I want to share that because it happened at the mountain here in Georgia. So that will tell you how it is down here. Yeah. Thank you, Fernando. And I'm sorry you had that experience. And thank you for speaking up in the way that you did. And and that's an exact example of when we're out in the world, um, how do we, you know, have an empowered stance to stand up in a way, but nonviolently. Um, so thank you for that example. I, we're we're out of time. I think we could use another half hour here. But uh, uh, acknowledge uh, Deanne left in the in the chat that uh, the Buffalo. Uh, incident was about racism and not mental illness and 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 yeah and i i tend to think of racism as a mental illness um but it's not categorized as that yet that's for sure uh does someone have a closing quote kendra waging peace requires that we have the courage to face what's broken first in ourselves and then in the system affecting those around us and uncover who has been harmed and how we are connected to them. That's from Diana, Diana Ostreich, Waging Peace, One Soldier's Story of Putting Love First. Beautiful, very apropos. Mm. Thank you, everyone. Peace on. Peace on. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Good night. Bye, everyone. Bye.